umbilical cord herself and adjusted the video lighting uh, during conception. And so then they take the baby home, and on the drive home, they're flashing little flashcards at the thing to get it ready for the Harvard admissions. Uh, they take it to get some socially enlightened baby food at Whole Foods, uh, which is one of the progressive grocery stores. I'm sure you're familiar with Whole Foods, where all the cashiers look like they're on loan from Amnesty International. Um, <laughs> My favorite section of the Whole Foods uh, is the snack food section because they couldn't just have potato chips and popcorn. That would be vulgar. So they have the seaweed-based snacks. And the one we used to buy in our home, though they've discontinued it, is called uh, Veggie Booty with Kale, which is for kids who come home and uh, chant, you know, Mom, Mom, I want a snack that will help prevent colon rectal cancer. Um, and so they're getting the kid the organic, eco-friendly baby formula. They raise it on Ben & Jerry's ice cream, the ice cream company with its own foreign policy. I wrote in one of my books that Ben & Jerry's should make a pacifist toothpaste that doesn't kill germs, just ask it to leave. That uh, would be a, a big seller. And they've got the kids' Mozart for Baby's Mind CDs, the educational games. I'm telling my own kids to go into a field called Playdate Law. Uh, I think parents are going to be suing each other for delivering insufficiently educational playdates. And so the kid gets older, and they've, they raise it in a kitchen roughly the size of this room, a little bigger maybe, just a sub-zero refrigerator over there because zero itself wouldn't be cold enough. Then the 942-inch grill surface Viking range over here in case they get the urge to roast a bison. They got the big range. And the kid grows up, and if you've seen it apply, you've seen the college applications these kids fill out. They've, by the time they do apply to Harvard, they've cured four formerly fatal diseases. They've done some environmental awareness training in Tibet as part of their community service. We've got a college president in Washington, recently retired, named Steve Trachtenberg, who said of his students' community service, I don't know where these kids find lepers, but they find them. <laughs> they find them and they read to them. Uh, and so that's, that's a particular sort of, of life which a lot of us are familiar with. Uh, and it's, it's created a lot of great opportunities, a great, actually this is a great young generation. If you want to feel good about the future of America, look at the demographics for people under 30. Divorce rates are down, teen pregnancy is down, kids are having fewer sexual partners, having their first sexual experiences later, drug use is down, teen suicide, domestic violence is down, the divorce rate for people under 30 is uh, half, the divorce rate for people over 30 after the same number of years of marriage. This is an incredibly wholesome generation. They're all going to have the biggest midlife crises in human history in about 10 years. But right now it's a very impressive generation. But it has uh, uh, produced some problems. And these are the people who have well adapted to the information age. And what we've done is we've purified the meritocracy in this country. And it, we've reduced some barriers to people of different skin colors, different accents, to women, and in so doing we've heightened the competition. And the paradox is that it used to be very important to be born in a Protestant establishment family. Now it's really important to be born into a highly educated family. And the family you're born into matters more now than it did 30 and 40 years ago in the days of a more rigid social structure. And Ross, who's sitting in the back of the room, wrote a piece for the Atlantic Monthly uh, a couple months ago where he had this statistic, that if you're born into a home, make $96,000 a year, your chances of completing college uh, are one in two. If you're born into a home making 50000 your chances of completing college are one in ten. If you're born into a home making 36,000, your chances of completing college are one in 17. 
So it really matters what sort of home you're born into. So those of you from Chicago know that if one, for every 100 boys who enter the Chicago public school system, two will graduate from college. And so this is a divide. And if you cover politics, this is the divide you see in issue after issue. We see it the income gap. We see in the election, the Obama highly educated people, the Clinton less educated people. We see it in family structures. 30, 40 years ago, poor families looked essentially the same as rich families. Now the divorce rate for college-educated families is half the divorce rate for high school-educated families. So we've got a divorce divide opening up. You see it in ob obesity rates. People with high school degrees are twice as likely to be obese. They're twice as likely to smoke. They die earlier. They're much less likely to vote, much less likely to be involved in cultural acti or community activities. And importantly, you see it in attitudes. If you ask people with high school degrees, do they trust their society? Do they trust the people around them? What do they think of the social institutions?